I mean, people talk about 16-hour days, but really, like, I'm, I'm talking 16-hour days, man. Like, food was made while working. Hey, podcast listener. You're about to discover insider tips, tricks, and secrets to making more sales and converting more prospects into customers with email marketing. For more information about the email marketing podcast or the autoresponder guy, Go to dropdeadcopy.com slash podcast. Hey everybody, it's John McIntyre, the autoresponder guy, and it's time for episode 60 of the McMethod Email Marketing Podcast, where you'll discover how to make more money with email marketing, really just all things marketing, how to make better marketing so you can make better sales and get better results in your business so you can go and live a great lifestyle, whether it's with your kids or careening around the world or relaxing on the beach in a hammock and drinking a coconut. Now, I live, I may live in Thailand, but there's no beach in Chiang Mai, so I'm not really doing much of that hammock sitting and drink. Oh, I do drink a lot of coconuts, but I'm not doing much of that hammock stuff on the beach, unfortunately. That'll be in a couple of weeks. We'll head down to the beaches for a bit of a break. Anyway, today I'll be talking to Rob Hanley about how to get started with consulting. Now, this is an interesting topic, okay, because this has kind of been my background. This is Rob's background as well. So Rob was on the podcast last week, and if you don't know, he was also the reverend. Uh, he was the reverend on a podcast. I think it was episode 20 to 30-ish. I can't remember exactly what the number was, but uh, he was on there as well. Now, he's coming out. He's a consultant quite a high paid consultant too so he's got some great strategies to share on this but why this is interesting is that uh, you know I get a lot of emails from people who are listening to this show and and they they want to be consultants or they're in the process of becoming them or they've quit their job and they are a consultant but they're not getting very good results yet they want to know how to get clients they want to know how to make it work so they can you know find a hammock on a beach and drink coconuts you know or just live in New York or London or Sydney or just have a kick-ass Life. So that's what we're going to talk about today. It's really how to how to do it. Right. Rob's story, my story, um, how we're similar but very different, and uh, how getting started with consulting and really kicking ass isn't that complicated. You know, you don't need a huge amount of stuff to uh, to get it done. Uh, you don't need to be an expert. You don't need to be a, a tons of training or anything. You really just need the right mindset, the right set of beliefs, and a couple new couple of tricks of the trade, and that's really it. Okay. There's not a magic way to do it. It's very simple, and we're going to talk about the step-by-step process today. To get the show notes for this episode of the Email Marketing Podcast, go to themcmethod.com slash 60. That's themcmethod.com slash 60. Now, today's McMaster's insight of the week is, I find that I spend so much time researching my copywriting tasks, it's probably my biggest bottleneck. So this came from one of the members of McMaster's, which is the, the paid community, which I'll tell you a bit about in a second. We'll talk about this insight, though. Uh, and basically what he's saying is that he spends so much time researching his prospects, probably going into Amazon reviews, maybe speaking to them on the phone, interviewing them, looking at surveys, going to forums, basically so much time trying to figure out who he's trying to write copy for that uh, th- that's where he spends most of his time. It's his biggest bottleneck. And uh, here, this, here's why this is an insight is because he's saying it like it's a bad thing, but this is the way it should be. Right? This is, it's the research, right, that creates the empathy, which is really what creates great copy. Great copy doesn't come from writing all the time. Obviously, you need to be able to write, but if you have to write, if you have to come up with a great sales letter, that great sales letter is not going to be great because you spent 90% of your time writing it, right? It's going to be great because you spent over 50% of your time researching it, Okay. Now, I remember there's a quote from Ramith Sethi in one of Derek Halpin's podcasts, I think it was, where he said he spends 50 to 60% of his time on his research. So he's doing this. And this guy's got a multi-million dollar business. He sells a lot of information products. He has a blog, a whole bunch of stuff. He's IWillTeachYouToBeRich.com. Very, uh, he's a guy worth following for email marketing as well as all the other marketing stuff. But he swears by this researching stuff. So the insight here is that what I want you to understand is that 
Great copy comes from in-depth research, right? So go grab a coffee, go to a coffee shop, spend two, three, four hours each day for a few days, maybe longer, however long you feel you need. And you really want to overload your, your brain with as much information as you can about who the prospect is, what they care about, what their dreams are, what their goals are. And you want to actually get to the point where you feel overloaded with information, okay? And start to and then start to map out maybe like a rough kind of sales letter outline. Start to brainstorm some ideas about how you're going to connect this prospect you now understand better than he understands himself. Start to brainstorm how are you going to connect that with uh, your product that you're trying to sell? And you really want your brain to feel frustrated. So it gets that point of uh, overload. We talked about this uh, in the podcast with Stephen Kotler, which is where you, you overload your brain like this. This is part of getting into flow. And then, right, then you back off. Go and get a massage, take a day or two off, two or three days off, whatever. And what's going to happen is your brain's going to be ticking over. Your subconscious brain's going to be working on it. And a couple of days go by. You don't even think of it. You, you consciously try not to think about it, right? And then you go, come back to work a couple of days later and you sit down and you start writing. And you'll find that nine times out of 10, you're going to know exactly what to write. It's all going to come out very quickly, um, especially if you can get rid of that editing voice, that critical part of your brain that tells you, oh, that's not no good. Get rid of that and just write. Right? And, and all that research, you did that overloading of your brain, that's really going to drive this fantastic sales letter. Okay? So that's the insight. Spend more time researching and uh, less time writing. Now, reviews. If you want to leave a review for this show, you'll help me spread the word. Uh, we'll make another case study out of it. Uh, I can get more people on the podcast. I mean, and you're going to make my day. So go to iTunes, search for the McMethod email marketing podcast and uh, leave me a review. Tell me what you think about the show. Got one listener question now. How important is continuing an overriding theme or story throughout an SOS? So SOS stands for Soap Opera Sequence. This uh, refers to Andre Chaperone's strategy in autoresponder matters where you write a story in your email sequence, but instead of the story being in one email, the story carries over you know, five, 10, however many emails. So it never really ends. And the idea is that by, by telling a story that doesn't, never ends in a given email, it's, it's a bit like a TV series where once you've watched one or two episodes, you have to watch the next one. Because at the end of every episode, they, they start to give you little hints about what's coming next week. And that triggers a part of the brain that uh, it's kind of like where well, you need to have completion. Right? People talk about this with dating. You, know, you want to resolve something. You want to have completion. But this is, uh, this is to do with stories. It's so like you know, TV shows. You have to have completion of that TV show. That's why you keep watching those episodes. And the same thing with emails. Now, some people, I, I'm not a huge fan of this strategy with emails, mainly because it, 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 it's triggering people to open the emails instead of uh, buy your stuff. And if you spend too much time getting people hooked on the free information that they're receiving and not buying, then you end up with a list of people who don't really like to buy stuff, which is not good. But suppose you were going to do it. You're going to try it anyway. You wanted to test it. And you're going to do a soap opera sequence, right? This story over several emails. How important is it continuing an overriding theme or story? I would say that it's not that important, right? I, I think you can mix it up. And I think it's good when you mix it up. You could start telling a story and uh, then say in the next email, you'll hear about how you know Joe is going to save the life of you know, Dave, something like that, whatever. And uh, and then in the next email, you just completely drop that. Maybe you come back to Dave in a few emails, come back to that story in a few emails. Is there an overarching theme? Maybe, but maybe not. I mean, like I just read a book by, I think it was Charles Bukowski. Yeah, that's his name. Post Office. This guy gets raving reviews from people about his writing, but I've read this book and there's almost no overarching theme. I don't even know what it's about. It's a good book. You know, it's fun to read and I, I did want to read it to the end, but it's not like a normal book. Um, it's just a story that never really... Like it's interesting, that's, that's the interesting part, is it's interesting, but it never really gets anywhere. There doesn't seem to be any point to the story. And then it just ends, you know, it's done. So you can do this with an SOS, you can jump around, you can be confusing. And I think actually, the more confusing you can be, to a, to a point, the better. Because it's going to mean that people keep showing up to read, because they want to know what the hell is going on, okay? That's it for that question, I hope that helps. Now let's get into this podcast with Mr. Rob Hanley, about how to get started with consulting. <laughs> It's John McIntyre here, the autoresponder guy, and I'm here with another podcast with uh, the good old 
Reverent. Now, a couple of weeks ago, it would have been last week or maybe the week before that, we talked about the three reasons your marketing strategy will fail. And that was for business owners, consultants, anyone who's just, even people just getting started, right? There are some really key reasons why people don't succeed. They never get traction. They never get off the ground. Today, we're going to mix that up. I got him back on the show because he is actually a very successful consultant. And so a number of people usually come to me via email. They've, they've heard me on, you know, they've heard this podcast. They've heard me on, you know, say Entrepreneur on Fire with John Lee Dumas. They've heard me on one of these, uh, you know, tell us your story podcasts where I went to the Philippines, uh, kind of failed a bunch, took up copywriting, started making money, moved to Thailand, and now kind of live this. What seems to a lot of people who have jobs back in, you know, in an office and all that kind of crap is that it seems like this ideal lifestyle. And uh, so a lot of people are very interested in that. So what I wanted to bring up uh, the Reverend Don to do was to talk about this consulting and actually how to get started, right? Because there are people here, maybe it's you, the listener, and you've heard about copywriting, you've heard about marketing, and what you really want to do is figure out how can you use what you've learned on this podcast, use what you've learned from something like Copy Hour, which is a copywriting training program, or other marketing podcasts to kind of escape the cubicle, which is such a cliched phrase, phrase these days, but get out of that cubicle so you can kind of get out there and uh, move to Thailand, move to South America, start you know, doing Skype calls with clients uh, you know, in the US, in Australia, in the UK, and make money doing that. So anyway, we're going to talk about that in this episode. Rob's story, John's story, a bunch of stuff, but really how to get started with consulting and make money so you can fire your boss and kind I'm going to live in Thailand and hang out and drink uh, the best coffee in Chiang Mai. I'll show you where that coffee shop is. It's really cool. Reverend, what's up, man? Just chilling like a villain on chilling the ceiling. like a villain on the ceiling. Like Bob Dylan. So I hear you're a... Uh, I was going to say you should do an intro, but I've got one thing right here. Point number one is Rob's story. That would be like the best uh, intro any of us could give. So uh, chilling like a villain... Mr. Villain right here. Can you uh, can you give us uh, the villain story? Rob Hanley's story. I can. So ultimately what I ended up doing was I got involved in consulting a couple of years ago and I'd previously already done some client work. I was an ADHD mentor originally. Ended up working as a graphic designer. I worked in media as a digital producer. I had a pretty varied background. I worked across a couple of different industries uh, with clients as well as in the actual work I was doing itself. You had a job? I had a job. Wow. Crazy, right? You worked in an office? I worked in an office. And like there was like a coffee machine and bosses and kind of like you had to dress up and I once threw a whiteboard marker at my boss and got a promotion. That's how you do it. That's, that's... we're gonna have to do a podcast on that sometime, I think. Maintain eye contact, pure alpha status. You're a lion. Alright, so you had a job, so you did all that and yep. then and then somehow now you're in Thailand. Well yeah, look, I mean well, currently I'm in Thailand. So for the record, I don't live in Thailand. I'm traveling around a fair bit at the moment and uh, it's one of the benefits that comes from consulting, but to get here was uh, a lot of hard work, a lot of sweat and tears, not going to lie. And I think that's something that gets glossed over quite a lot. So I basically left my job. So it's hard work. It, it, well, you got to do the work. you got to sweat. No, you don't grow muscle by just sitting in the gym on the floor taking selfies. What were some of the things that sucked about the journey? You know what? It, it, was, uh, it sucked until I accepted the hard work. It sucked until I accepted that life is easy when you live it the hard way and hard when you live it the easy way. That's right. a kekich credo, right? Right. But it wasn't until I accepted that and just committed to grinding, for want of a better term. Stop trying to be perfect. Stop trying to be like, oh, so super and special. I just got out there and made shit happen. Okay. That's when everything got easier. Up until that stage, it was a grind because I had all these ego brain problems going on. Oh, you're special. You're smart. You should be able to do this. Why haven't you done this? And looking for the magic trick that was going to unlock bullet. the game. Yeah. And there's no silver bullet. The silver bullet is hard work. Right. Hard work in the right direction. Right. It's kind of like they, they talk about the overnight success was uh, like five years in the making. Yeah, that's it. It's often how it works. And usually when you hear about someone who's, who, you know, who's 16 years old and a millionaire, there's always a backstory. And like they're the dad an was outlier. An but they're, they're an, an outlier. outlier. Yeah. Like, so 
everyone who's going to listen to this, or a majority of people who listen to this, probably read the four-hour work week. Forget it. Like, everyone reads the four-hour work week and only... What was your Facebook status update one time? It was recent. <sighs> Making it look like you live the four-hour work week is a full-time job. And it's something that Glenn Allsop from Viper Chill picked up and run with. And a couple of us locally have spoken about it. Because you've got two groups of people, right? This four-hour work week tip, which is what everyone wants to have. You've got the first group who read the book, ignored all the shit about doing hard work, and then focused on living in Thailand, taking selfies and drinking coconuts and pretending they were successful. And then you've got another group of people who go, well, the concept of the four-hour work week is work as much as you need to, but only work on things you enjoy. Mm-hmm. Fill your time with things you enjoy and be able to take time off. Yeah. So... The I'm, four hour work weeks yeah. was the result of a split test on Google. Like that title was a split test on Google AdWords. That's the only reason it's called the four hour work week. It was originally uh, the seminar that he used to give at the university was drug dealing for fun and profit. And that was a title that was slapped back by the publisher. And that's why they did the AdWords. I mean, because maybe you could be a drug dealer for fun and profit, but maybe you'd be working 10 hours a week or 20 hours a week or 40 hours a week. Yeah. Right. But one thing that I've realized is, is doing this is. As soon as you realize that uh, it's not about the whole four-hour work week, and that's the story, and that's the dream, and that's the marketing thing. But really, what what we're all doing out here is it's just business, and business has been done for centuries. Where, where you, basically you're solving someone's problem, and they're paying you money to solve it because you're going to save them time or money or you know effort, you're whatever it happens to be. You're going to add value, and that's all we're doing. This is what you know. When I talk to my grandparents back home at Christmas time or whatever, they they're kind of like, "So are you getting by? Like, how's the internet thing going? You know, you're making making enough to pay the rent, and like, well." Yeah, like there's nothing new that we're doing over here. It's it's business, and all the internet does is just mean that I can be in Thailand and I can work with you know Joe Smith in uh, in Sydney who's yep. got a you know a plumbing business and needs more leads, customers, whatever. You know, and we can just chat on Skype instead of doing a phone call or a meeting at a local coffee shop. We just jump on Skype. That's all the internet does. It enables business at long distances. It's a tool of efficiency. Seth mm. Godin wrote on this years ago. If you search Seth Godin make money online, I'm sure we can chuck this in the show notes. But that's what it is, is you understand the internet is a tool of efficiency. It's not a magic bullet. It's not going to save you from your day job. It's not going to make life magic that you hit a green button and you become Pat Flynn and make thousands of dollars on autopilot. Yeah. What it is, is like you have to put in the hard work first because it's a new behavior. You have to commit to it, right? So, I mean, that's, that's where my story started. I mean, you've heard it a million times, but ultimately I started by sitting at a kitchen table. Literally, you know, the, the classic cliche, I'd wake up real early at five in the morning yep. kind of thing, get a yellow legal pad notepad and write the question at the top how can i add x dollars in value to people and receive x dollars in return or y dollars in return today and i would write lists of 25 30 things and i would grind 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 and just get it all out there develop the behavior yeah and then it was about cold emailing i used to reach out to people and add value to them first show them hey here's how you can improve your site yeah here's how you can make your site faster how you can make more money from it how you can get more leads to your yoga studio your personal training studio whatever and hey i've got this other thing but you should call me if you want to find out what it is and then I'd get people on the phone and I'd talk to them about their problems. You know, my background was a web designer. I'd worked in digital production and media. So I kind of had this, I, I'm not going to lie, I had an advantage. I'd done this before. Mm-hmm. But then I could just take that and turn it into a sale, do a proposal, make them some money. Yep. And that was it. That, that was how I got started was the kitchen table and being prepared to do, you know, people talk about 16 hour days, but really like I'm, I'm talking 16 hour days, man. Like food was made while working. Yeah. Eaten while working. That's it. I like to see that the consulting doesn't have to be hard. No. Um, like it's 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 really you figure out a problem that you can solve, and then you just figure out ways to solve it. Really, I mean, it's not whether it's autoresponders or marketing funnels or any sort of consulting, whether it's marketing consulting or not. It's 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 really simple. Like it's just people have problems out and they need solving, and you just can, you're just going to be that guy. The, the challenge that most people have is, well, how do you get started? How do you find these people? It sounds like with you, it was just kind of like, well, start thinking first, start getting your brain thinking on the right track, which is what problems are out there that, that I could How solve. can I add value? That's yeah. it. 
And the next thing is just establishing trust with someone who has a problem that you might be able to add value to. Yep. And then once you've got trust established and you've got a relationship and you can have coffee or Skype or whatever it is, sooner or later, there's going to be an opportunity for some sort of exchange or transaction. And that's where you're like, well, you pay me $1,000 and I will do X. I will I'll deliver on this. You'll save time. You'll make money. You yeah. talk about value, not technical stuff. Yeah. Now, here's like this is a very important thing, right? Is you and I are talking about a really straightforward methodology here, right? And the reason, I don't know about you, but it took me so long to get real traction was I didn't have a methodology that matched me. Right. And that was something I had to kind of develop and get used to. And in the same way, so did you. Like, you had to develop your own methodology for what you were doing when you first started. Well, that's, it's the funny thing here. Cause, so, all right, so we'll take into that then. Yeah. So, I was in the Philippines, and a lot of people think, well, did you just set out to become the autoresponder guy? And uh, the answer was no, completely not. So I'd been in the Philippines. I'd tried a few ideas. I got myself banned from AdWords and a couple different things like that. <laughs> things weren't going well. I, had, I think I had less than $500 in my bank account. And uh, things were getting pretty tight. And I, I was thinking I was maybe going to have to go home, buy, buy a ticket on my credit card because I only had a one-way ticket to come there. So I thought I was going to have to buy a ticket, go home, get a job. It didn't work out that way. I started learning how to do copywriting. And uh, that wasn't even... I didn't even start learning copywriting to become a consultant. That was never the intention. I just wanted to learn copy because one, I was fascinated with it. And two, I had a website which was sort of selling this, or well, was selling this ebook, just not very many of them. So it was, it was a very, they made like $1,000 in three months. So not, a, not really a big deal with this ebook. But that's what made me get into copywriting. And, uh, and then around, I think it was around June 2012, the first, the first invoice I sent was to Dan Andrews because he was in- TropicalMBA.com. That's right. He was in Puerto Galera in the Philippines at the time for a, a bit of a- what was it like a dropping MBA classes kind of like these little seminar conference things and uh he saw me kind of writing down sales letters by hand on my little legal pad it wasn't yellow but so we're going through this uh yeah he saw me he's like what are you doing started talking to like copywriting and then that led to autoresponders i can't remember why how we got onto email but he's just said that he would love to have a good email sequence on his site i'd never done it before i'd never done it for any client i kind of had a rough idea based on uh what i'd done for myself and i'd been through andre chaperone's course autoresponder madness yeah yeah and so I did the autoresponder. He paid me $200 via PayPal. And uh, I spent two full days. Well, you know, I woke up, worked on it all day, and then did the same thing the day after and gave him 10 emails for $200. And then he was really happy with it. And then I think it was a week later, he, at the end of the seminar, he asked everyone, got everyone to put up their hand, you know, would you pay for this? Would you pay for this autoresponder? And uh, a whole bunch of people were like, yeah. And then uh, he's like, how much would you pay? Some people were like, well, $500. One guy even said $1,500. And I was like, there is no way. I was surprised enough when Dan said he'd pay $200 just for emails. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, I mean, it it just grew from there. So I fell into this autoresponder thing. And uh, same kind of thing. I I was kind of in the Philippines. I was was surrounded by guys like Dan Andrews, who were business owners with websites who had problems. That was an advantage. But that's something that anyone can create. You go to to seminars, conferences, all that. Connect with people who have problems. Right. Everybody. People hear that you have a skill like copywriting or whatever it happens to be, like website design or logo design. They can be like, oh, I've been looking for a guy to do that. Because most business owners have so many things that they want to do, but they haven't got around to it because they're busy and they're lazy too. Um, that when they hear that you can do something, especially if you're just getting started, they'll give you a shot. Yeah. Right? That, that, that's and that's, how you get, that's really how you get started, isn't it? You build from there and then you, then you kind of need a bit of a different skill set to kind of grow that. But that's where it starts. Yeah. And the one thing I really want to address, right? And like we spoke about hard work and luck and all these things that are involved. But ultimately, if somebody wants to become a consultant, right, there's a couple of prerequisites. One, you have a skill set which will solve somebody's problem. If you do not have that skill set, you can't be a consultant. You know, you might be a sales guy and you could sell somebody else's services and white label them, but you cannot. But that's still a skill set. That's a skill set. That's true. But you're not the consultant, so to speak. You're just a sales guy, Mm -hmm. right? But you've got a skill set, right? So maybe you get really good at copywriting. Maybe you get good at funnels like John is. Maybe you get good at SEO, whatever it is. You come in and you manage to get good at a specific skill that solves a specific problem. Mm -hmm. Then you find people who have that problem 
and then you email them an ad value or you call them an ad value or you meet them an ad value and then you segue and say, hey, look, I've got some other cool stuff that you might be interested in. Let's talk about it. That's it. That, that's the silver bullet. Get a skill, see the problems that it solves, reach out to people who have those problems, add value, make money. Hmm. That's it. And, you know, I think this kind of brings up a point as well is uh, the difference between you and I and our approaches. <laughs> you know, so I've known John now for what, two years? Yeah, about two years. About two years. So, you know, we got along pretty well from the start and... The longer we spend together, the more different we realize we are in certain aspects, in particular our approach. Same, same, but different. Very same, same, but different. And the way we kind of discuss is John is essentially the hammer, right? Like you want something to happen? You want someone to go Hulk mode and beat through the wall? That's John. John will just beat down every brick in a damn wall. Whereas I, on the other hand, would like to take a couple of minutes, try and find which of the three bricks are the weakest, and then just focus my energy on those. Mm. And uh, for me, that came from, I've got ADHD, you know, my background was ADHD mentoring. It was really about understanding that focus and teaching other people to do the same stuff. And I'd be a hypocrite if I didn't. Mm-hmm-hmm. You, on the other hand, love the Hulk strategy. I just love that quote, man, from it was Mark Zuckerberg. It was move fast and break stuff. I like move fast and break shit because it just sounds better. It's it more aggressive. But I think there's, there's something that I want to just want to qualify here. It's not just go out and just break stuff. You not just go out and, and beat this hammer and beat the crap out of this wall. There's still an element of this. Try and identify the kind of three bricks. Yes. But whereas you might be like, you might get a like a, a chisel and a, and a small hammer and just chip away at it like a bit of a sculpture. Sort yep. of like a, you do a very neat job, very precise job on, the, on those bricks. I'd rather find those I guess I'd still want to identify what my outcome is, which is like identify get a couple of those wall. bricks, yeah. but then get a, a freaking rocket launcher and fire that rocket launcher at, at those three bricks. So it's still like, I still know the outcome, but I just want to hit that thing as hard as I can. And I'm going to make a few mistakes. You know, stuff is going to break yep. and I'm going to do the wrong thing from time to time. But I know that if I just keep executing on that strategy and I've noticed that that's what, that's generally what works for my personality as well, is that my skill is usually, you know, forgetting about what can go wrong and just moving forward in spite of kind of the questions. That's it. You know, like that move fast and break stuff Hmm. is such a good response in terms of if you're scared of doing something right like definitely there was a stage in my life where that was how I operated because I was being held back by this fear of fucking up Mm -hmm. this fear of failure where like oh god what if I say the wrong thing what if I swear on the podcast what if I insult someone like and then you just have to go you know what I'm going to move fast I'm going to break some stuff I'm going to accept that there is collateral damage and what I found was the longer I did it for was my personality after I kind of conquered that fear side of things I was more attracted to being specific, being choosy, and being very much about, all right, so you have these customers. Let me have a look at these customers. All right, who's the most uh, profitable gender? What's the most profitable marital status? What's the most profitable occupation? What's the most profitable common identifier across all these groups? Mm -hmm. So that when we send a sales campaign, now I've said to John before, like I feel like if you send out a sales campaign, you get a 5% open rate. That's 95% wasted email. I would much rather meet the right market at the right time with the right message and offer them a really, really good product or offering right off the bat. Mm-hmm. as opposed to rocket launching. But I think that's just because for me, that works well for my personality because I get the shits when I add myself to an email list and someone's like, yeah, man, let me send you some really cool stuff. By the way, if you hit reply, I'm not going to respond because I'm a dick. If you've got an autoresponder list, if you've got an email list, you need to accept that you're giving me your email. I'm letting you into my inbox. Right. And if you ignore me when I reply, you're out of here. I ain't spent a dollar on See, you. that stuff, right? I think that's a great, that's where the difference is. And I think it's, it's good to talk about this because some people are going to think it's like one's better than the other. I used to think that's the case, that the way I was doing it was better than the way everyone else did it. Now I'm like, no, it's not. It's just what works for me right now it's at this point you. in time. But in the case of this email, like, so you might go, you, you want to analyze the, you know, the, the psychographics was the word you used earlier. Yeah, today. psychographics and sociographics. So I would be, I, that would, that, that, I mean, it's important and I get it. I know why you do it and why people do that stuff. But to me, it's just that, that to get too analytical, to, to go too, too deep on that stuff bores me to tears so i'd rather be like all right what's the goal here what's the minimum i can do to get the maximum result and then just fire away 
So yeah. rather than rather than spending too much time analyzing and thinking about it and really trying to perfect that approach, just just freaking what is it? Ready, fire, aim. That, yeah. That's totally me. Whereas you, you're probably and, and there's that's not that that's better. But you, so your strategy would be more like a ready, aim, fire. Which oh, is, that's yeah. cool too. I'd like to know like a more strategic overview of the landscape before I choose where to fire. Right. That's it. Right. And so yeah, I guess that is you know ready aim fire. And don't get me wrong, like a lot of people will see this as being a really polar opposite kind of thing. Like you either have to move fast and break a lot of stuff, and like hey, look at me, I'm going to break down walls, I'm going to call sixteen thousand people a day on cold calls, or I'm going to call one person and nobody else, and I'm going to wait till I pick that perfect one person. But the reality is, you know, John and I have both found what works well for us. We've found where our natural skill set lies and our natural you know, mood or attitude lies and we've accepted what our ways are like for me I like to build up a little more data before I take action so that I can go into it with total boldness mm. whereas John will go straight with the boldness from the get go that doesn't work for me and that's fine it just shows that we have different approaches to how we approach but there's it's almost will. like there are a little bit two sides of the same coin and like yeah. if we're playing a video game you know how you have points for agility points for uh I don't know, wisdom and magic and all that kind of crap. And in this case, you might have like, there's two attributes here, which you got like move fast and break shit. And then the other attribute might be, uh, I don't know, prepare or um, aim, something like that. Right? Prep's a really good example, man, because I used to really struggle with preparing. And that's probably why oh. I doubled down on it as my biggest weakness. Okay. And once I plugged that hole, because I used to always wing it, I still wing it. Yeah. But when I doubled down my preparation, yeah. that was where I saw huge returns. That's, okay. what, that's when I moved from you know, doing cheap websites and cheap jobs to charging minimum low five figures. Right. Because I was able to sit here and talk with someone and go, hey, man, that's really cool. I've already researched your company, you, your people, the people you work with, the past results, the seed capital you've had, the institutional capital you've had, all your existing product offerings. Yeah. So when I sit there, it sounds like I'm going off the kill, because I am, but I've got all that extra prep knowledge in the back of my head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that gave me more confidence in sitting down and talking to people about where they're at and the problems they've got. But there's an element here where, where you're absolutely correct, but it's kind of like... So you need both. Like it's kind of like you, you need to be able to prepare and need to identify what needs to happen and have some of that background information. But when it's time to act, you need to come down. This is always my thing. Come down like an atomic bomb. Yep. You got to do it. You just got to commit. Yeah. So you can't get caught up. Like if all you're doing is just going out there and breaking stuff, you're not going to get anywhere. You're going to piss people off yeah. and you're just going to make a mess. But if all you do is prepare, you're never actually going to do anything. You're just going to prepare, 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 never get the results. And people are going to tell you, know, you're going to be the talker. Right. I think this is a really good point as well, man, is where you're a hammer, I'm a scalpel. Mm. Ultimately, both of these things are tools of action. Mm. We just, we go a different psychological path, essentially, to reach the same outcome. Yeah. Well, it's a similar enough outcome. Maybe the way that we get there is a little different, but the outcome is, you know, within a percentile difference. So if you're sitting at home, if you're listening to this podcast, whether you're on the train on the way to work, whether you're home in your business, or you're wanting to become a consultant, the first thing to understand is like, you know, we discussed that there is a basic pathway mm. and your way of traveling that pathway of reaching that outcome might be different. But that's fine. As long as you travel the pathway, as long as you take action, get up, do shit, take action, provide value and solve problems. It's kind of like there's a, a lot of people look for this map and, and people look at internet marketing products and, and make money online and all this stuff as though there's, there's one right way, there's one right path. And there's just, there is not. Like it's, it, there's about a billion roads, probably an infinite amount of roads to get to wherever you want to get. And uh, there's all the roads that people have already walked. And there's all the ones that no one else has walked. No one even knows these those other roads exist. And th- it's kind of like a cool day when you realize that you don't have to follow any road that's already out there. You can actually go out there. And this is where you're going to get the best results when you start to be like, well, have a rough idea about where you want to go and how you're going to get there. But at the end of the day, you're going to blaze your own trail. And that doesn't mean doing something wildly different. It just means realizing that you don't have to do the same thing everyone else does and that you can kind of figure out what works for you in the context of what your ultimate outcome is. It's like riding motorbikes. So Joe and I, we catch up, we ride motorbikes together, something we enjoy doing. Sunday, so, we go on this Sunday. Right? We are going to go fun. on Sunday. And what you'll find is if you ever ride with John and I, 
what you would find is we'll both reach the same destination, we'll both travel the same road, but we'll take variations on that road. Hmm. So John might take the right lane, I might take the left lane. Maybe John will speed up here, maybe I won't. Whatever it is, is we'll both end up at the same outcome at roughly the same time. And yeah, there'll always be a bit of similar path taken, but we will still do things in our own style. Yeah. And accepting that, you know, there is a lot of room to breathe. You don't have to be anally perfect. And that kind of brings us to like what I reckon is one of the most important things to understand. You know, we spoke about this on the last podcast yep. that we did together, which was about where your focus is, about what is the strategic outcome you want and what are the steps you need to take to get there. And more importantly, what are the things that are irrelevant? So a course that I have is to help people who want to become a consultant okay. take action steps to become a consultant over the course of 36 days, right? We talk about everything from who are the target markets you can help, here's where to find them in a methodology that I talk about, which is using Google, Hmm. then here's how to approach them, here's how to write emails, here's how to get them on the phone, here's how to talk to them on the phone, here's how to get a proposal to them, here's how to close the sale, here's how to deliver the work, and here's how to keep the cash coming in, right? It's been really successful for the people who just go, all right, this is a methodology. I'm going to follow this. You know, I'm going to put my own spin on it, but I'm going to take the steps. You know, this is like following the road, but choosing your own lane. Yeah. And... One of the things I'm a big proponent of for everyone doing this course, and they, they still ask me is, do I need a website? Do I need a Facebook page? Do I need a Twitter account? Yeah. Do I need a Pinterest account? Do I need a LinkedIn page? The answer is no, 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 and no. You don't need this stuff, right? But you need to be a hammer or a scalpel. You do. Yeah. You do. You need to do something. You need to like. You need to start swinging. You need what, to start swinging. Whether you, you swing, swing like a surgeon or a baseball bat, like yeah, you've got to swing. Pick your weapon. Yeah. But what you then do is you swing, and you don't worry about oh, have I got like 16,000 samurai swords? You go, all right, I picked one and I'm just going to use this sword and hack away at it. Yeah. Yeah, and that's a bit of a metaphor, but ultimately it is a case of if you are like wanting to become a consultant or if you've got dreams of it or you're just starting and you're finding you spend you know an hour a day, two hours a day, three hours a day doing stuff like Facebook and Twitter and Pinterest and you're not getting in front of people who have your problem and adding value to them and then offering to solve their problem for money, your focus is off. Like that's just a cold, hard fact. If you are doing anything that is not getting you in front of people, who will need your services, you're wasting your time. Hmm. Now, that doesn't mean you have to do it 12 hours a day. But I guarantee you do that for four hours a day, you'll see huge gains. Mm-hmm. Mixing yourself with those people, right? So I like uh, with uh, the McIntyre method and McMaster's, I talk about this whole, you've got the whole way to understand marketing is you've got, on the, you're a big canyon, right? Let's think about a canyon. There's this crazy wild river We're in the uh, northern Canadian wilderness. There's this river, rapids running through the bottom of the valley. And uh, this canyon just goes out. It might be 100, 200, 300 feet, meters, depending on just a really, really big cliff. Right? Big old deep canyon. And then on the one side at the top of that canyon, you've got a stick figure. Because I draw in stick figures when I draw this beautiful on stick a piece figures. of paper. They are. I like beautiful stick figures. So you've you got like a stick figure guy on the left yep. of this canyon on the top. And he's your prospect, right? He's Joe, Joe Smith. In this case, for consulting, he's got some sort of business, whatever your target prospect is. He runs a plumbing company. He runs a plumbing Joe company. Joe Smith's Plumbing in Sydney. And on the right-hand side of that canyon, you've got uh, the product, which is going to be a website or an autoresponder or a sales funnel or a, anything. It's an, I would think it's similar, but an outcome. An outcome. An outcome. Cool, he an outcome. he wants more leads. He yeah. wants more, uh, more leads. Okay. Yeah. Let's do that. And then so what the marketing needs to do, whether you're using an autoresponder or cold calling or banner ads or classified ads in your newspaper or walking into like sales calls, walking in the business, whatever that is, the marketing strategy is basically going to build a bridge from one side of that canyon to the other. So your prospect, this uh, Joe Smith, is going to be able to walk across that bridge in beautiful stick figure fashion. Have you ever seen a walking stick figure? Beautiful. And he walks across and then he walks into, uh, you know, it starts talking to you and he, find, he picks up this, uh, this outcome, which is more leads, uh, more sales, whatever it happens to be, and uh, you've connected them. Your marketing is connected your prospect with your product. Bam. Yep. So that's, I mean, that's the simple, that's the simple thing. All they got to do is identify who is that prospect, what are they selling them, so what outcome are they selling? And what outcome does the prospect desire? And then everything else after that, all their, their hammer swing, their scalpel swing, or whatever it happens to be, is all about connecting 
the prospect with the product. That's it. Everything else can be thrown out. Does a web, like a Facebook page? How much? How much? Uh, how much effect is that really going to have on connecting your uh, your prospect with your product? Not much. If you run a Facebook advertising campaign to your page, your page had a phone number on there and a call to action. That's a little bit different. That's pretty optimized. This is a really important point, actually. Again, you're cracking out the good points there, John. Cracking, cracking them out. You're cracking them out. Look, cracker, cracker jack. A lot of people who listen to John's podcasts want to be a copywriter, right? And here is a caveat, right? You will pick a skill set, but you need to understand that your skill set cannot solve every problem. You know, if somebody needs more leads, yeah, maybe SEO will help. But at the same time, if somebody needs more leads and they are a private high-end referral boutique, SEO probably isn't what they're after. And understand that if you only have one skill set and one knowledge and you don't have a network at all, you're going to start approaching every problem in the same way. When we're talking about the canyon, the person on one side, the bridge and the, like, the outcome they want, it's really important to understand what the prospect's outcome is. And if you cannot solve it with your skill set, don't try and force your skill set in. Mm. Don't try and convince them of something. Just go, hey, cool. Sorry, I don't think I can help you. And then go back and focus on people who want the outcome that you can offer under your parameters of your skill set. Mm-hmm. You know, don't try and like I get emails all the time from people who are copywriters and say, oh, I just want to be a copywriter. No, 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 no. You want to be someone who solves problems by using the medium of text. You solve problems. It's not about you being a copywriter. It's about solving the problems you prospect. Right. If copy is the best way to do that, use copy. Copy invariably, by the way, is a phenomenal skill set to have because it teaches you to think more persuasively, more influentially. It helps you communicate with much greater clarity. But if you think everything is about solving something with better copywriting, you're wrong. Sometimes it's literally a case of going, hey, uh, you've got a business. You've got a great range of prospects who are connected to your current client base. Have you got a referral system? Hmm oh, here's how we can use copy to solve that. Not, let me do some copywriting for you because I want to make you lots of money. And that's probably the difference as well between product and amateur. It's not about the copy. Like never. It's, never about the co- it's never about the product. It's never about the tool. Hmm. An example of this, a recent one, was that, uh, I mean, you know, obviously we've been doing, I've been doing emails, people writing emails as the autoresponder guy and, you know, getting other people to write them as well. And uh, I guess a recent realization, which I'm a little bit embarrassed to say, is that people don't want, really want email. They, obviously they want emails, but the emails are more like the commodity, like you're buying a packet of soap. What they really want is a clean body. And in this case, uh, in the case of emails, they want more sales. So what a better product would be is not just emails, because emails don't do that much. What someone wants is a full service where they get a squeeze page, uh, an email sales funnel, like a sales funnel sequence, a sales page, tracking so they know where all the sales are coming from and ideally split testing if they have enough traffic for it. That's a much, much better, much more higher price solution as well. And something that you can really stand out with. Yeah. As well. But uh, it's all the same stuff. Like yep. I don't need to learn anything new to do that. It's just kind of packaging and adding a few tweaks to it, like adding in the tracking in, and it becomes a whole new thing. It does. So let, 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 let's take this, right? And let's talk about legitimately getting started with consulting. You know, we've spoken about how, you know, I started after leaving my job. I grind ground on the kitchen table, if you will, writing notes by hand, making calls, sending emails, and developed a methodology that worked for me. And that's what I knew. And you talked about how in the fills, you were there, you connected with Dan Andrews from Tropical MBA. That ended up being your autoresponder entry. And both of us gained traction in our own way. And now we have sort of a, a process that we follow, right? Mm. So, for example, you have your lead generation methodologies. Mine are very much referral-based and introduction-based. Yep. We charge different price points. We service different markets. Mm. You know, what's really important, then, I guess, is if someone's listening to this, how do they get started in consulting? Now, you know, we've mentioned your first four-figure client. If that's something you're interested in, we'll come back to that in a second. But ultimately, here's what I would say. Like, If I was sitting across from you right now and you said to me, Rob, how do I become a consultant? How do I get started with it? I'd rehash these points. One, have a skill set that solves problems. Two, figure out who has those problems and knows that they have those problems. Okay. Get in front of them. Yeah. So figure out wherever they are, then get in front of them. So maybe that's going to be by sending them cold emails, cold phone calls. You know, I understand that in some markets, like uh, the Danish market, it's illegal to send cold email. You cannot do it. So maybe you have to go meet them. Maybe you have to organize an event where you get them all together in front of you, free presentations, whatever it is. Yeah. Get in front of those people. And then commit to taking action every single day. You know, you know the problem. 
that they need solved. You know the outcome that they desire. You know the way to bridge the gap, as yeah. we talked about in that canyon. Yeah. And then you do it every day. That's how you become a consultant. There's your magic bullet. It's just do something every single day. I like that. Would that be your, your advice? Absolutely, to- absolutely. But one thing I know a lot of people like, and I've noticed with the McIntyre method, and people are wondering right now, you mentioned your, your course a second ago, that, what is it, like a 30, 35-day thing? Yeah, 36. 36. And there's an autoresponder. People get an email every day that says, do this, right? Yeah, so like, I don't call it an autoresponder, mainly because what it is is, this is a huge journey. This idea of becoming a consultant. What is a consultant? Now, I know that when I first started, I typed into Google to find colon consultant. Yeah. Figuring out all these elements. Yeah. But ultimately, as a consultant, your job is to improve the client's condition, right? So instead of it being a 36-day autoresponder, it gives you a daily action task for 36 days. Okay. And tells you, hey, John, today, this is what you're doing. So you can build momentum there. Build momentum. Just and, chip and by the, the end of the 36 days, what, what will I have if I did it? If you follow the instructions, right? And if you go all the way through the course, and by the way, throughout the course, I tell people, email me. It's the main reason that- You I'm, reply to emails, right? I reply to every email. And this is the main reason I'm bumping up the prices because quite frankly, I can't reply to all the emails without losing part of my day now. Yeah. It's a case of, if you speak with me, right, I'll help you out. You know, I have a couple of clients who've gone through it, I've coached as well. But it's a case of you follow it, you will get results. You know, the average retu- reported return on investment is over 7,000%. You mentioned one mentioned one guy, I can't remember what his name was, who went through the course. Yep. And I was blown away. I was like, man, that is so cool. He went through and he just applied everything. And then he made, what, he, he picked up like a whole bunch of clients, about like 10 grand or something like that? Plenty, yeah. So there was, uh, there's a couple of different markets, right? So this is the other side. This consulting thing, it's the same principles at a base level. So in the last three weeks, I've spoken to a guy who works out of New York who's one of my favorite favorite clients man this guy's amazing yeah. I'm not going to give his name out just like to give his privacy but yeah. for normal individuals so if he's hearing it he knows who he is I love chatting with him he's a great bloke but more importantly he took this to a market and uh, I remember the first time I got an email off him during the course was after less than a week or just over a week he was like sorry man I've got to stop taking the course for a bit because I'm already getting more clients yeah Awesome. You know, then I had another guy go through it who was in a completely different market. Uh, again, I speak to him quite regularly. And he went in a very different direction. And he was a bit shaky at first, but he stuck with it. He followed the process. He didn't try and make it magical. You know, and that's where most people come off. Yeah. Bang, he got some results. And you know, this is the kind of thing that happens over and over again is these guys who kind of follow that process. Look, we just laid that process out, man. Like, it's if like you a recipe. Like you're baking a, a cake. Yeah, if, you, if you use a recipe and you follow it, you get a cake. You'll get 80% similar results. Yeah. And this is the thing. We've already told you exactly what you need to do on this podcast if you want to become a consultant. You could take this podcast, you could transcribe it by hand, and you could become a consultant. Your first four-figure client isn't about teaching you what to do alone. Yeah. Like, I mean, there's some cool stuff. There's some templates, proposals, all that stuff. But it's about saying, hey, like, you know, you're interested in this. You want to become a consultant. Mm. You realize that it's a big journey. And realistically, you want some accountability and a bit of hand-holding. You want a step-by-step system to follow that's worked for other people. Yeah, That's where that comes in. So it's not so much like, hey, go do this stuff and now you're on your own. It's like at the end of 36 days, even if you haven't acquired a first four-figure client, you will have sales tools. You will have proposals, things that based on behavioral psychology and behavioral economics. Now, I, wrote, I don't know if you remember the article I wrote for Neil Strauss's site was on a book called Predictably Irrational yep. by Dan Arley, right? Yep. Phenomenal book. And I took the concepts from that book for behavioral economics and used that to create proposals that my closing rate just went through the roof when I first got started. Ah. So I threw in a copy of that. Okay. And I know that one of the guys took that and made that his own, and he has made tens of thousands of dollars off the back of it. It's pretty cool, man. That is pretty cool. So if you want to become a consultant, listen to this episode again. Follow yeah. the steps. But if they want to get this, so the, the name of this course is called Your First Figure Client. So obviously your what do people client, get so is a first four-figure client. First four-figure client. It's a bit of a tongue twister. Your first figure. It is very. Your first four figure client. Because you want to say for, anyway. Where can they go to check this out if they want? Should, should we make a redirect link on? Like, yeah, we're gonna the put a special link. Yeah. Slash four. 
Yeah. That's easy. Number four. Yeah, the number four. Method.com slash the number four. Yep. And that will go to... Uh, a special backend. So that is actually something that's really worth noting, right? Like I mentioned before. Because you closed of, it, right? I did. I put it on a waiting list because of the volume of people coming through. And so at the moment, there is a waiting list so I can handle, as people come through, I can answer them without sacrificing my own consulting work, my own businesses. I can still give them attention that they need. Yeah. So consider this like a back-end door. You know, honestly, if a heap of people who listen to this podcast, I know you get lots of downloads, I will turn it off because I want to make sure that, no, like legitimately, I know this sounds like, like false scarcity and all that crap. But the reality is like, it's not in my best interest to give people a subpar experience. It's not in my best interest to say, hey, thanks for the money. See you later. Because I want you to be really successful. Now. If you're listening to this, you want to become a consultant. Cool. Come check it out, man. Like, come look at what we've got on offer. I'll break it down for you. If you've got questions, I'll answer them. Because it's in my best interest to help you make a lot more money. Yeah. Because ultimately, I have other trainings that I work with other consultants on to help them add, you know, recurring clients to their business and get that recurring revenue coming through that retainer type stuff. Mm-hmm. But if I don't make you money, if I don't give you a really good experience and help you get through there, you're never going to get to that stage. Right. So I'd be shooting myself in the foot. I mean, it's the other reason why this is not a $1,600 course like other ones. Yeah. It's just a straight up here. This is the cost. You know, it's less than 200 bucks. You can get started, and the average reported return on investment is over 7,000%. Like, if this works for you, awesome. And if it doesn't, hey, no hard feelings. I'll give you a refund. I don't care. Easy, peasy, Japanesey. That's a bit different. That's fine. So we'll have the link to that. Uh, you can go to themcmethod.com slash four. That's a number four. Or you can go to themcmethod.com, find this podcast post, and there will be a link in that podcast post to that link, which will take you to the back door, the special Secret backdoor special entry backdoor. into your first bigger client. Rob, thanks for coming on the show yeah. again. You're welcome. It's and if, good. Uh, if you guys have any questions, right? Throw me a tweet, at R-O-B-H-A-N-L-Y. It's Rob Hanley. Yeah, no Ian Hanley. That's like the thing I've got to underscore, no Ian Hanley. But if you've got a question on it, man, if you want to know if this is going to be right for you, if you think that you know, your situation is different, sure, shoot me a tweet and we can have a DM or something. And you will also do uh, you a website at robhanley.com? I do. I do have a website. And you do the occasional post on some interesting stuff, actually. Not always consulting or marketing. It's often just- Very rarely. Just cool stuff, you know. I'll just let them go check that out. Just cool stuff. We'll just say that. Hook them in. Well, I tell you what, right now, sitting there is a, a post which I think every entrepreneur should read because it deals with that podcast, oh, sorry, that roller coaster, that up and down process of being an entrepreneur, that reality of it. And it kind of breaks it down, gives you a framework to follow how to deal with it. So that's a good, that'll be a great place to start. Dig up with that. It'll help you deal with the emotional side. All right, Dio. Cool, man. Well, uh, we'll wrap it up here. We're to get to the gym, go grind some iron, pump some iron. That's the word. And uh, yeah, well, I mean, it- so, who was that guy, Bob? Bob, 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 the guy who had the song Pumping Iron. Pumping Iron on YouTube. I don't know. Well, maybe we can get a link to that in the show notes as well. There's a YouTube video with this guy Pumping Iron that a friend always recommends. You're going to go to the gym and want to listen to this song. It's going to get you pumped up to Pumping Iron. It's been too long since he was recommended. Too long. So go check that out. All right, we'll wrap it up here. We're we're rambling here. So uh, thank you very much for listening to us talk about consulting. Remember, in this show, we've given you the path. Right now, there's variations of the path you'll find your own. That's it. No one can be looking for it. Anyway, all right, let's wrap it up here. Thanks for coming on, man. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. If you want to discover more insider tips, tricks, and secrets about driving sales with email marketing, sign up for daily email tips from the autoresponder guy. Go to dropdeadcopy.com slash podcast. Sign up, confirm your email address, and I'll send you daily emails on how to improve your email marketing and make more sales via email. You'll find out why open rates don't matter and the seven-letter word that underlies all effective marketing and much more.